David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Welcome to another edition of Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com with David Spada and Elliot Harris. I'm Elliot Harris, and David and I have had the pleasure of talking to many basketball legends. Today's show features two of them. Well, actually, one legend and one legend in the making. We have Oscar Robertson, who starred for the Cincinnati Royals and Milwaukee Bucks. And we have Elena Deladon, who starred at the University of Delaware and is currently with the Chicago Sky of the WNBA and is well on her way to becoming Rookie of the Year. First off, we will have an interview with Elena, who was gracious enough to stop by the Talk Zone studios to spend some time with David and me recently. We're thrilled to have you. You're, I believe, uh, leading the league in free throw percentage and all this other good stuff. You're averaging, what, 18.2 points a game. You were the leading vote-getter for the... 2013 WNBA All-Star Game that you couldn't compete in because you had a concussion, minor details. <laughs> How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, I was able to take a little bit of a break after our last game to, you know, rest and try to recover a little bit with the concussion. And I'm doing much better now and just trying to get back on the court. Right now it's just day-to-day, but I'm starting to feel good. Okay. I have a basic question. Were you athletically tall before you were good good before you were tall or were you always both uh, I was always both um, I think it helped that I never had a growth spurt so I didn't have an awkward period of time but um, I was just always growing and always taller than the rest so it helped me a little bit not to have that moment where you sprout up and then you're awkward <laughs> so the only stars you're seeing now are Ellie and I <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we got to have our vision double-checked if that's the case. Yeah. Did you start off basketball? Was that your first sport? Yeah, it was. And I have an older brother. He's three years older than me. So he was always playing with his friends, you know, in the backyard. So that's when I really started to play and fell in love with the game ever since. So did you compete against mostly guys growing up or girls? Guys. <laughs> My brother and all of his friends were always beating up on me, but it was fun and it was competitive, and they were the ones who were around to play, so I would always just try to jump into their games. How did they take it when you started beating them? <laughs> they didn't like it so much. <laughs> Maybe I got a concussion back then, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they, they didn't like it, but my brother was always, you know, trash talking on my behalf, and he would put me on his team so he could protect me. Okay. So he was the enforcer? Oh, yeah. He made it worse for his friends. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You have an older sister, Lizzie, mm-hmm. who was born blind, deaf, cerebral palsy, autistic. Your definition of, of normalcy is different from most people's. Is that safe to say? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, growing up, having an older sister like that puts so much in perspective, and um, you just learn so much, and I feel like I matured a lot 
quicker than, you know, my my other peers that didn't have a sister like that. Uh, well, what is life? I can't even begin to fathom what life is like growing up in a household like that, mm-hmm. I, being old enough to understand what's going on and having mm-hmm. your parents explain it to you. Yeah. What? What is that like? It was it was confusing at times where I would have a lot of questions and didn't understand why she was like that and I was the way I was and why my friend siblings aren't like that. So um, just growing up, there's a lot of questions and it doesn't seem fair. So um, that was something I struggled with. And then, yeah, it's it's different. And Liz was always the center of attention in our family. Not me, not my brother, no one else. It was all about Lizzie. So I think that's always kept me grounded. And the communication is basically by touch. Mm-hmm. And it's um, hand-over-hand sign language. She knows about 20 signs that all just apply to her, and they're really just specific for her. And um, other than that, it's hugs, kisses, all just, you know, one-on-one interaction. What does your sister enjoy doing? She loves golf cart rides and swimming, and she likes to eat, too. <laughs> Those are probably her three top things to do. How does she swim? She actually just will, a lot of times it'll be in the hot tub and she'll sit there and feel the bubbles, but even in a pool, she'll float on her back. It's really impressive that she can do that. How difficult was it for you and your brother trying to be what most of us would think of as normal growing up in in the household like that? It was tough at times where, you know, you'd want to have your friends over, you'd want to, you know, do some certain things, and we couldn't all the time, so... You know, sometimes it would hold you back, but you understand you do whatever it takes for Lizzie. And if Lizzie needs, you know, extra attention, that's fine. And that's what made Jean and I best friends because, you know, you grow up with a sister like that, and it really does make you close. Is she the oldest out of the three? She is. She's 29. I give your parents credit. They had two more children after having Lizzie. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't want to take the risk. I know. I've asked my mom that, too, and she said she just had good feelings for the next two, and then... She actually said that after me, she had a bad feeling, and that's why she stopped. So it's okay. it's crazy what what God can do. <laughs> See, the, the only problem I have with your parents is instead of naming you Elena, I would have <laughs> named you either Donna or Ella or, or something like that. But it, it's it's incredible for them to have built this family that they have and, and have yeah. everybody... As, as seemingly well adjusted as mm-hmm. can be, have you ever seen times where it, it's they get a little emotionally drained by the whole process? Yeah, uh, they're amazing. I don't know how they do it, and I don't think I would be able to do it nearly as well as they do it. So, um, they're they're awesome. They're they've been incredible parents to me and my brother and Lizzie. But um, the times where it got really hard was when she was like sick or she needed a surgery or something like that, that's when I could see it really weighing on them and taking a toll on them. Well, I think that's any parent's reaction. Yeah. If, even if you have a, a, a child without all those yeah. difficulties, you know, just to, if they stub a toe. You yeah, know. you worry. And right. <laughs> think about Lizzie, and she can't even speak and say what's hurting her. So right. that's something that's really hard on them. I read somewhere that you stopped playing basketball to spend more time with your sister to be close to her. Um. I mean, in college, I had decided to go to Connecticut and then ended up coming home. And it was something where I wasn't ready to leave home. And um, at that point in time, I decided that I could go to college close to home, spend some time with her and the rest of my family. And then I played basketball again 
once I realized that that was all possible. And we can see how not going to Connecticut really held you back. <laughs> you know, you ended up any place you would have gone. I think you would have been the number two pick yeah. next to Brittany Griner. Exactly. I don't think and, it and changed. I think there's a message that you were able to send out by saying, mm-hmm. okay, you can follow your dreams. It doesn't have to be down a specific path like that. Exactly. And I hope that's something that other players and other girls can learn from me, where you don't have to go to the top school to make your dreams come true. I was able to do it at the University of Delaware. And, um, yeah, the path wouldn't have changed. I would have gone second no matter what. So um, I'm thrilled that I was able to, you know, take take my own path and, you know, all my dreams still came true. Why were you number two, though? <laughs> um, I mean, she's just such a great presence as a center that, you know, not many teams can pass that up. Maybe if the Sky had the number one <laughs> pick, though, maybe they would have gone with me because we already have Sylvia. <laughs> How tall is uh, Brittany Griner? Griner? She's 6'8". Yeah. But she's not as athletic as you. <laughs> she plays the post, and she's strictly a center where I can play the guard spot also. So you're more like Dirk Nowinski, and she's more like <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal? There you go. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I remember the first game of the season against Phoenix, and uh, you go up for a rebound mm. after a missed Phoenix Mercury shot, and behind you comes this humongous <laughs> arm and hand and it's Brittany Griner who ends up tapping <laughs> the ball <laughs> at, at that juncture to say okay we're not in Kansas anymore or we're not in Delaware <laughs> no uh it was just like all right it's one of those games we're gonna have to box out a lot deeper her her arms are a lot longer than anyone else I've played against so it's kind of just a hurry up and adjust because you realize that she's a great presence on the court who recruited you out of high school everyone <laughs> who were really? your finalists besides uh Connecticut, Tennessee, um, Notre Dame, and probably Villanova. So no, you didn't consider Notre Dame a little more than UConn? No, I I loved the UConn team and the players that he had there, so I felt like I really fit in with that group of girls. And I also really liked his coaching style, so I felt like that would be a good fit. Okay. Now, for those who were concerned about such things you do have a significant other named Wrigley (laughs) and let's be clear Wrigley is a dog that you adopted (laughs) yeah what what, what sort of pooch is it yeah he's a great Dane he's a blue great Dane so he started off small he started off small and then every day has grown a ton and some days you don't even recognize him I wake up and look over I'm like is that my same dog (laughs) so you're a big fan of chewing gum yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> no, it was just I got him in Chicago, so I wanted it to be a Chicago name. And it being my rookie season, I thought it was fitting. Now, people <clears throat> have said, okay, you were like the next Candace Parker or, or along those lines. What do you aspire to be? Elena. <laughs> you know, I just want to be myself and play my own game and you know, everyone wants to make comparisons, and I can see that because of her height and her versatility. But in the end, um, when I'm finished playing, I hope people can then try to say you're going to be the next Elena. Who did you model your game after growing up? <clears throat> I watched Michael Jordan all the time, so he was by far my favorite player. But, you know, I watch all players because I think you can learn something from all of them. Is there a player you didn't like who you kind of said, I don't want to be like this player? <laughs> Um, no, I really didn't have anyone like that. I was just kind of a fan of the sport and enjoyed watching. 
Okay. Now, once upon a time, I was the Big E, and then Elvin Hayes came along and took that away. And I guess now you're the new Big E. Do you have any mm-hmm. uh, favorite nicknames? Um, E has been what's what's stuck with my teammates because it's kind of hard to say Elena or Deladon on the court. So <laughs> they've been calling me E, and it's been sticking and working. <laughs> you don't want to call a girl big. It never sounds right. Yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> no one, no one likes that. <laughs> Like, I thought we should call your coach slow pokey, but some, your teammate said that's not a good idea. No, probably not. <laughs> I'm not going to call her that. You can try it. <laughs> One of the strengths of your game is shooting free throws. You lead the league in that. I think once upon a time you made 80 in a row. Is is that the most you've ever? Yeah, that was definitely the most I've ever made um, in continuous games, and that was in high school, and I don't think I'll ever be able to do that again. We'll see. I try every time, but um, it's just – with my foul shot, it's really simple, and I think being able to simplify your shot um, really helps with with foul shooting, especially. It, it's a unique style. Your dad yeah. teach you that? Um, my dad and my eighth grade coach. So okay. my eighth grade coach was all about simplifying the foul shot. My dad taught me how to shoot, so they kind of just went together. How's it different than an ordinary foul shot? Um, not much motion at all. I just set it set my arm at 90 degrees, and then from there, all I do is lift and flick. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's it's a lot different. Than it's very geometric yes. in nature. So it's not <laughs> granny style like Rick Barry? No, no not so much. <laughs> What's been the toughest adjustment for you going to the WNBA? Actually, um, I would say the travel. And just, you know, we're packing 30 games into not not much of a long season. So we have a lot of games back-to-back, and then the traveling is um, – it's a lot different than college where you just get on a bus and then you drive a couple hours, you play the game, and then you don't have a game for another week. So the travel has by far been, you know, the biggest adjustment so well, far. They need to give you aisle seats. I, I saw <laughs> I saw a photo of you on uh, on one of the flights. I was uh, in the window, right? right? It's, it's like you're cramped in there. Yeah, you I know. You don't have a team jet yet? No, not yet. <laughs> you <laughs> got to talk commercial. to the owner there. So how did UConn <laughs> compare to Delaware playing basketball? I didn't. I wasn't at UConn for long at all. Um, only part of summer session. So because I picture I UConn, the f- women's players have to be spoiled there. Because again, it's one of the top two programs <laughs> in the country. I'm not going to talk about that. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, you know, we were treated very well at Delaware too. So it was a great experience. How do you balance the private Elena versus the the public Elena? Because there's so much demand on your time, mm-hmm. and you're, you know, a lot of people envision you as the face of the future of the WNBA, and everybody wants a, a piece of you, grab this, grab that. How, how do you maintain uh, the balance yeah, in your that, life? Yeah, that's been another adjustment also because, you know, in college you have class and all that, so you can't always be doing appearances and media. So that's been something I've also been getting used to. And more than anything, I just listen to my body, and I can tell when things are getting too much. And that's when... Um, I just I talk to Pokey and she can be the bad guy for me because I I hate doing that and I hate saying no. So she's been incredible at being able to just put her foot down and realize um, what I need to do and how to stay healthy and really you know play good basketball because that's that's my main job. Right. Are you gonna do this during the off season like go overseas like other players do or are you just gonna play for the sky? I'm just gonna play for the sky for now. Um, so this off season I'm not gonna go overseas. I'll probably do, you know, appearances both in Chicago, Delaware, and I want to um, start some camps and, you know, maybe start like a basketball academy. And a, 
an Elena Deladon Foundation? That's coming. That's in the works. I think that'll definitely um, be up and ready during the off season, where um, it's going to help individuals with special needs. Now, there are pictures of you with brown hair. At what point? <laughs> you're like Courtney yeah. Vandersloot. You know, you start off dark hair and you work in the blonde. Just keeps going blonder, right? <laughs> um, it's naturally brown, but I think eighth grade I got highlights, and ever since I've just kind of continued the highlights. And then I had a moment where I decided to go brown for a little bit, and I didn't like the way okay. it looked as much as the blonde. So I think I'm going to stick to blonde for, okay. for good now. And and for games, it's eyeliner? Uh, yeah. I, is, is that like war paint? It's my war paint. Yeah, it gets me ready. Could you bedazzle your uniforms if you want? <laughs> uh, no. It, we have a very strict, uh, you know, code of what we wear out on the court, so we can't. Because, I mean, you see these guys here with all the stuff. They're wearing headbands, and they have the tattoos all over and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, you can have tattoos. Um, you can have arm sleeves. They just have to match everyone else's upper half their color that they're wearing so it's it's a pretty strict um with the rules but you just have to match your team very well you talked about staying healthy mm-hmm. you have lyme disease mm-hmm. how do you manage that um, first of all how, how did you get that have you ever figured that one out uh in delaware unfortunately there's a lot of deer ticks and i think um one of my dogs brought it in and that's probably how i got it but um Managing it, it's a lot of vitamins that I take on a daily basis. And then um, I also do IV treatment with vitamin C, and that's really been the trick for me. With your foundation, what are you looking to do with the foundation? I want to raise awareness, obviously, but money for families and different organizations, and I'll just be able to spread it out, spread the money and wealth out. Are you like you're gonna, Your camps are going to go to fund your foundation? My camps? Yes. That'll be a separate thing. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I want to train... Um, you know, young basketball players and try to make them great basketball players. And um, so that's going to be a separate entity. But um, with the the foundation, you know, fundraisers, um, speeches, different things to raise awareness and money. It's got to be hard being a female basketball player and wanting to have a family because it's kind of hard to balance the two. It is. Definitely is tough because, you know, you're busy. And then half of the year, at least, I'm in Chicago. And then the other half, you know, I'll be in Delaware and Chicago back and forth. So it's it's tough. And, you know, certain players do it, like Candace Parker. But it, it is hard. Now, Skylar Diggins, who was the number three draft choice, her agent is Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. She, she got a Mercedes. <laughs> you didn't. I think we need to talk to your agent. I think someone should call my brother, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's been absolutely phenomenal getting me uh, amazing endorsements. So he's been doing a great job. Maybe the car is in the works. We'll see. <laughs> Did Jay-Z approach you? Um, no, I didn't even look at any other ange- agents. I just knew I was going to go with my brother. Who's your biggest sponsor? My biggest is DuPont right now. Okay. DuPont and Nike, I would say, okay. are pretty even. So has the Deladon family overtaken the, Dubon, the DuPonts and the Bidens in terms of popularity in Delaware? I don't know about that. Um, you know, I guess we've been in the media a lot with basketball, so um, it definitely will help your popularity a bit. But, you know, those families are huge, huge names. The president's a big basketball fan. Have you met him yet? The president? No, I haven't, but I've met the vice president a few times. Does he remember meeting you? 
Yeah, because he's a Delaware alumni, so he was a big fan of, of our team and came to two games. And then he even invited us to the White House and gave us a special tour. And then we had a barbecue at his house. So he's been great to us. Did you get to shoot a hoop at the White House on the basketball court? No, I didn't. <laughs> we didn't get to play. You're only 23. Any idea what you want to be when you grow up, if you grow up? <laughs> I'm never going to grow up, oh, so good. I'm not going to think about that. <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure. We'll see. <laughs> All righty. Elena Deladon, continued success. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Good luck with your foundation and with your career. Thank you. And get that new car. All right. <laughs> okay. That was a lot of fun for David and me. Hope Elena enjoyed it at least a fraction as much as we did. When we come back, we will have Oscar Robertson. You were listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com. <laughs> 